Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Trouble the Horror Movie Podcast. I'm Eris Curtis. With me, as always, Steve. How's it going, Steve? Not too bad. How are you doing? I'm uh, doing okay. It's yeah. uh, Saturday. Got to sleep in a bit today, but yeah, ready to talk some horror movies. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I missed out on the last on the last two, so um, yeah, I'm definitely more than ready. <laughs> yeah, what was the uh, Kicking Blood and Habit? Those were mm-hmm. two just... Yeah, very specific uh, movies that somehow have a through line. Uh, the through line here is Jalo movies uh, and Argento movies too. I mean, Argento mm-hmm. and Jalo uh, go hand in hand. But yeah, it's um, yeah, it's just great to uh, rewatch these movies. I I have a love for Jalo. Um, mm-hmm. For me, they kind of play a little not too dissimilar to something like a um, film noir, like a mystery movie. Uh, even though <laughs> I think Argento thinks his mysteries are more interesting than he, than they probably are. But I at least yeah. admire that, like, yeah, there's a little bit of a mystery. And even the, the movie, structurally speaking, will kind of take a few diversions and turns and stuff and try to, like, throw you off from realizing what's actually going on like they do a pretty good job of yeah giving some red herrings and other kind of ways to get you to think that the plot is going in a different direction even if yeah after a while you probably start to figure out who the killer is in each of these movies um yeah we're gonna talk about tenebrae first which uh is a movie that i enjoy uh if anything it's got one of the best kills in a jello movie ever which is the the axe kill yes yes jane yeah believe yeah jane yeah yeah it's a great one such a great kill uh it's one of my favorites in any horror movie uh it's just so absurd it's just so bloody and just over the top in a great way Mm -hmm. um but yeah uh what is tenebrae even about well an american writer in rome is stalked and harassed by a serial killer who is murdering everyone associated with his work on his latest book. Um, yeah. And the reveal of who the killer is is maybe not the most exciting part of this movie. But... No. It's, yeah. And I... especially the, the execution, well, even on both reveals. It's yeah. kind of weird. I do find that at least, like, I don't know. I like at least in Deep Red the reveal that it's like Carlo and the mother and there's more than just Carlo. Like mm-hmm. at least it's got that. This doesn't really have that level of dimension. You just find out that it's um the writer and then that's just that's it. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I that was really... inspired by another like Yeah. I mean that that leads to my issues with the film for sure. Yeah. 
Um, when was the first time we watched this movie? Uh, mid two thousands for me, probably. I, I'm thinking around two thousand six because I think that's when Mother of Tears came out. And uh, I was working at a video store at the time, and it just kind of led me to watching more Argento movies, um, which, for better or worse, I mean, because there are some movies in his zeitgeist that are not great. Uh, and, yeah. Sorry, not zeitgeist, but his uh, his filmography, they're not great. Um, like, uh, Phantom of the Opera almost killed it for me. Yeah, it's Julian Sands in that one, I think. And oh boy, oh boy, that's just a rough movie. But this movie was the movie that I watched after that one, mm-hmm. um, and it brought me back a bit because it's a very different looking Argento film in in the succession of his films, how they go. Because this one has more of I don't know, it it, it looks less culty it, it looks more like an established like um 80s film 100 yeah. percent. yeah like like the cinematography looks more standard um and apparently that's because um he that was inspired by zolowski's possession because argento's is kind of like a he's kind of a reactionary filmmaker i mean i would argue a lot of his like especially this film um is just him trying to do wild hitchcock yeah um and and especially when we get to deep red deep and and deep red's mid 70s too right that's like one of the beginning of his films but this one more and actually i think trying to remember the one that he did afterwards with piper laurie um like i think i think it was a few years after that one Mm. um just spacing on it. Uh, no, it's not trauma. Um, yeah, it might be trauma, actually. Yeah, trauma, which is 1993. Yeah. Um, kind of a little bit reminds me of uh, of of this film. Yeah. And like, I would argue, like probably like five percent of. Uh, Argento's filmography is probably considered decent. The rest of it's like a lot of, uh, yeah. Well, like, and it, especially how you consider the Suspiria trilogy. Like, uh-huh. I like Suspiria. I enjoy Inferno. Yeah, I do not like. I I have many many issues with Mother of Tears. Yeah, um, you know, and I had my issues with Phenomena when we talked about it on this show as well. So. You know, like I would say for me, like Deep Red, Suspiria, Inferno, Phenomena, Tenebrae are probably like, yeah, the five of his movies that you should have, you should at least have seen. Mm -hmm. Whether, you know, your personal like uh, opinions aside, like those are the five that you should watch. The other stuff that he has, like Jennifer or Phantom of the Opera, uh, uh, I wouldn't recommend, but yeah. yeah. Or um, uh, maybe I I I might throw a bird with the crystal plumage in there. Yeah, just because it was his start, like that's his beginning, and that's kind of like very special to the to the genre. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's. I I would agree with you on that. It's <laughs> it can be really, yeah, hit and miss, more miss than hit. 
I mean, he has his place. He definitely has his place in horror film history and notable horror history because his films did inspire a lot. Um, I would I would argue more more in in visual execution because I, I haven't liked a lot of his scripts and and this yeah. film is included in that there there's some really rough stuff in this script. Yeah, I mean, I always find it kind of tough with these movies too because like it does sometimes bleed the line between is this like a purposeful misdirector or is this just like a mm-hmm. plot point that you just forgot about? Like, it's so weird with Argento like that. Like, I, I don't want to give him too much credit to think that he is smart enough to uh, think that, you know, cer- those certain things will, you know, uh, be fine. Because that's like, the way that he writes these movies, it's like, yeah, there's points where you're like, oh, is that supposed to be the red herring? Is that supposed to be who we think is the killer? And then, yeah, it's hard to tell sometimes if it's, yeah, a purposeful misdirector of just, a, you know, a plot, uh, missing plot point that you just didn't mm-hmm. uh, fully uh, execute on. So, I don't mm-hmm. know, I kind of lean more towards he's maybe, yeah, not the most competent writer. Um, yeah. But. I know there are people out there in the Argento fan base that would argue otherwise, and I respect that. And there are some points where mm-hmm. I think maybe that's the case, but I think by and large, it's yeah. There's some points in the script where things get kind of skipped over a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, first time I watched this would have been like I want to say three years ago. Um, probably actually a little bit more than that. I think it was around the time the Suspiria. Uh, remake came out. Mm, mm-hmm. I just did like an Argento deep dive, and every Halloween I try to watch at least one new Argento movie around October. Right. So, um, but yeah, Tenebrae is maybe not my favorite. I think Deep Red might be my favorite uh, for different reasons, but like, I do. There are some things in this that I do like. Again, the cinematography is quite interesting. I think this movie is very. Mm-hmm visually appealing um especially when you get to some of the kills some of the kills in this are actually pretty visually interesting and fun to watch um but yeah the plot is where things kind of take a deep dive sometimes and mm-hmm. it doesn't always make sense and like even uh neil's sort of justification for what he does like i don't buy it i don't know like i think they they decided they would make him the killer and then decided that they would try to pa- explain it later, but it doesn't really add mm-hmm. up. It doesn't really make a whole ton of sense. No. It almost feels like they're doing it for star power because, you know, Anthony Franchiosi was like the the big... He, he was this, the American star that they were recording and yeah. turns out, uh, Argento said he's the most difficult person he's ever had to work with. So yeah. it, it didn't work out great for the production, but... Um, I think they were really trying to base it around whatever American star they were going to get. At one point, it was supposed to be Christopher Walken, which I think would have been a wildly different movie. Can you imagine Christopher Walken in an Argento film? I think you would have seen the twist at the end coming yeah. a bit sooner. Just because, like, yeah. Walken's much more unhinged. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just, like, if you were like, who's the killer? I'd be like, well, clearly it's probably Christopher Walken over there. Like, I don't yeah. know. Um, as much as I'm not the biggest 
fan of Anthony Franciosa. Like, I think he's kind of bland. Yeah. like He feels quite bland in this film. I think the bland kind of works in his favor, because I think you don't... Mm-hmm. Like, if you're watching this as a first-time watch, you probably don't see him being the killer. No. So. Especially because he's, like, investigating it. Yeah. Like, it's like... Again, yeah. how much of this is purposeful on Argento's part, how much of it was just him just, you know, making shit up as he... <laughs> Along. Again, I kind of... I kind of don't think his skills as a writer are up to snuff. No. His well, of course... They they frame it as like a sleeper cell activation though. Yeah, that was right. Like they frame it like like he's not the killer at the start of the film. He's not the killer. Yeah. Right. And then through events uh, of this cop, this person trying to to lure him out with no connection to his past. Right. Mm-hmm. And then. He gets killed and the killings stop, but he is activated now because of his own personal darkness that you're not privy to before. Yeah. That's kind of feels like a rewrite. Yeah. Or, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's odd. Also, too. And I can't agree with it. I can't agree with it. <laughs> you know, you gotta, I just. You got to be a pretty comfortable actor, too, to like accept a role knowing that you're going to get dumped over. Yeah, yeah, and and it's something that, it's something about these movies that I really, I mean, and even I'm coming from a background of, of loving Jackie Chan movies and like Police Story and all this kind of stuff and watching those dubbed versions, but yeah. I don't know, I hate dubbing now so much. It's just weird that like they do have English speaking actors in this, but they still yep. have them over. Like I get why they did it for the sake mm-hmm. of. Um, you know, keeping everybody, everything consistent, but yeah, it just comes across as more weird than anything. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know what? It's funny. You were talking about the cinematography before. Uh, it was done by Lu- uh, Luciano Tavoli, who funny enough shot the film single white female. Yeah. There I find that very interesting mm-hmm. and murder by numbers, but um, it, I find that less interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we got a couple emails here. Um, Tom says, even though it's a Jalo film, this feels a bit like a slasher in a good way. Well, I mean, yeah. sl- slasher is a, is is on the is a subdivision of Giallo, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't. Um, Giallo is just got the... You you wouldn't have slasher without Giallo. It's a part of no. the DNA, hundred percent. No. Exactly. I mean, we, they have just, I mean, essentially just dropped the black gloved version of it. Mm-hmm. And that first, I, I mean, well, no, I, I mean, it's, especially when we go, get to talking about Deep Red, the next episode, I mean, the con, the connections between that and Halloween, Halloween 2, that and, and, and Friday the 13th. Um, there's so many different things within that, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, Giallo is slasher. It's just more. It's just a, a beginning. I would say it, it, it's 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 kind of like the the Prometheus of slasher in in a sense. Yeah, um, it almost does seem like it's Argento's answer to the subgenre that he helped spawn mm-hmm. in a way, right? Like, yep. you know, 
he's probably watching these people riff on Deep Red and like take that formula and turn it into yeah the slasher movie is of the eighties and he's probably thinking, well why don't I borrow from that and kind of put in mm-hmm. a little bit of that and I think it it's not quite fully a slasher but you can definitely see where he pulled a little bit from that and brought nope. it back to you know. Exactly. And I mean, in his origins and creating, uh, you know, with Fulci and all this stuff, creating um, Giallo, they pull from um, Hitchcock, you know, Psycho, Rope, Topaz. They're pulling from, from, from you know, a British-American side of, of slasher yeah. that started it. And it hadn't even created any sort of genre there. It was just kind of like a, a thriller. Cause I, or I, I yeah, cause I, I would suspense thriller is what those was would have been lumped in because they wouldn't have been lumped into um, horror either at that point, because yeah. horror was like monsters and and that kind of stuff for sure. Um, and then Derek says, "What is your favorite Dario Argento movie?" Uh, mine's Deep Red, personally, but I I go, I go Suspiria. Yeah, I I just love the operatic nature of it. And as wild as it is, and I mean, we covered on their show, so, you know, we've given our opinions on how wild that movie is. Um, Just enjoy the fact that, like, Suspiria gets a little more outlandish than some of mm -hmm. the other ones. Like, you've got the whole thing with the witches and all that other stuff, and that's, like, just something that's missing from some of the other Argento movies. I think he went a little too full tilt into that after the fact. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Well, phenomena is a very glaring example of that. I was actually going to say like that, cite that as an example because I think he really got it right with Suspiria, and then afterwards tried to replicate that kind of mysticism mm-hmm. and uh, kind of more fantastical elements. But I don't think he really did it as well as he did it with Suspiria. Like Deep Red and Tenebre, Tenebre. You can kind of link the two in them being similar-ish and that they are more, like... In a way, Jalo for me, has always been, like, film noir, like, the mystery of what's going on. And these two are definitely more kind of in that film noir lane. Uh, they're a little fantastical, but not by much. It's mm-hmm. a little bit more grounded of a story, at least by Argento standards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. For me, at least, yeah. Deep Red. Um... Uh okay, best line in this movie. Do you have a favorite line from Tenebrae? Like I like it's it's hard for me to pick. It's gonna be hard for me to pick on the next one because I I'm just not a huge fan of the script in this 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 film or yeah. both films really. Um, but I do like uh when um Detective Germani is talking about that he reads all these. Was it I read Agatha Christie? Oh, what are the names that he lists? But he then I can never get i can never guess who the killer is and then neil's like you can never do that he's like never <laughs> i just think that's funny and it's such a like a it's it's a funny hat tip like it, it's definitely a an obvious um or gentle bearing some irony in there yeah but yeah it's the it's the one line that i picked out of this one i went with uh detective germani's uh we have eliminated the impossible whatever remains However improbable must be the truth. It's just one of yeah. Those, like, That's a good one. Absurd, but also like just fun lines for this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, Argento writing is, yeah, it's... He's grandiose. He's yeah. always like 
big, big, um, big bolsterous words that nobody would really use. It definitely is like a heightened sense of reality. Of yeah. Like, yeah. People don't. <laughs> like, are you on a soapbox? Like, what's <laughs> <laughs> like the flourishes on some of these lines? It's just like nobody talks like that. No. Okay. Uh, and then uh, best performance. Um, and it's going to be consistent with the next one too, Dario Nicolodi. Yeah, she's I, really great in both these movies. Also, yeah, yeah. a common through line in both because she's in both. Movies. Yeah, yeah, and and honestly, whenever it comes to to Argento films, anytime Daria appeared in one, she was she's a lightning bolt. Yeah, you know, because he's he's writing for her, he's framing for her. Like there, she's she's his muse right yeah at, well, at at the end of the day right like she's in everything right so um and as a genre staple i love john saxon so much yeah um and uh especially a young like just a younger and pronounced brow john saxon appears in this film and uh he had just he had such stature he really did yeah, well, and like also too, like what I like about John Saxon in this is he's kind of a bit of a like he's playing the agent, so he's not playing mm-hmm. the the nice cop that he does in a lot of the other movies he's in. Like you can yeah. look at Nightmare on Elm Street or Black Christmas, where he's very clearly like the nice cop, and in this yep. he's yeah, like a like dirty or he sleaze. Yeah, he's pure sleaze in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because Argento obviously has his his thoughts about that industry as well. Hundred percent. You know, and it, there's there's that's what's funny about him is he's he's not veiled in his commentary on society and and anything that like any system that he's trying to depict in his in his in his films. He's mm. he's not. There's no thin veil with him. He's very out in the open. He doesn't give a shit. And oh my god, glass breaking! Oh yeah, both movies, both. It's just like an Argento thing, and it makes me. I mean, it goes, it goes huge in Deep Red. Like there's a yeah. big, big ass one in Deep Red. But just I, I, I love that it, there's the one kill in this one where it's just kind of like an afternote to the kill, <laughs> and yeah. it's just like you just got to do it, right? He can't help himself when he sees glass. He's like, I gotta break it. <laughs> don't, uh, don't keep glass anywhere. <laughs> if you value it. Especially if you're a woman and your head's going through it. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. And then uh Best Kill. Uh Jane. Oh, it's gotta be Jane, yeah. It's gotta be it's a really great one. I also the Mouth getting stuffed with pages out of the book as she's stabbed in the neck is just a disturbing thought. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we were doing worst kill, and we don't, but <laughs> if we were, Peter Neal's death is fucking stupid. <laughs> with the statue? Yeah. The weird structure? That that kill just visually... It's just baffling. Like, it's it just, baffling. It How? Yeah. It's like... How? It's such a dumb, un- anticlimactic way to kill off your villain. Yeah. And like, and does it even mean to kill him? Like, it's yeah. It's so I- it puts the onus on nobody. It puts the onus on like it's like what is this a what is this Final Destination? Yeah. 
it's, it's just it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I could at least yeah. have her cut off his head or something more exciting than that. But it's it's like this movie goes on a downslope as soon as Neil is revealed. Yeah, it just it it peters out. The energy peters out. Well, no, no, the energy is amplified because that's that shit's insane. And like, why the fuck? Like, but story wise, they're going in two different directions. Yeah. Again, none of this makes this like a bad watch in my period. In my opinion, though. No, it's still a fun movie. I think, like, yeah, at least for me, you you have to accept the good with the bad with our judgment. Yep. Like. It, he comes as a bundle package, and I think more often than not, I'm in, I enjoy his movies. Again, I argue that yeah, maybe five ten percent of his movies are watchable. <clears throat> the other ones, not so much. But I think you still owe it to yourself to still watch an Argento movie, if anything, mm-hmm. just to just to experience what it's all about. Yeah. Um, okay, and then um, dumbest decision. I mean, nobody really thinks to look at a Peter Neal a bit more. Like, you yeah, know? exactly. The fact that nobody that this history, yeah, is is so muddled and then revealed. I don't know. There's a moment where somebody thinks that he might be doing it, and he's like, "Well, if somebody got killed with a Smith and Weston, you wouldn't go and start interrogating Smith and Weston." I'm like, "Yeah, that was." If I was a cop, I'd be like. What kind of a stupid excuse is that? Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. But. Okay. Um, I think it's time to score this. What do you think for a score? Um, I'm honestly going to rock with a 7.5. Okay. Um, 7.5 leaning towards 8. It's still, I mean, it's classic Argento. Um, and it's like personal Argento because apparently he was stalked by a fan and that's what made him want to write this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a bit on the nose, especially when a tenebre means darkness or shadows. So it's like, <laughs> like how, like, how do you not like when you overanalyze it, we probably would have come up with Neil as the killer, right? 100%. Yeah. Like, Gotta kind of fight too because obviously they remade Suspiria, different writer and director. And mm-hmm, arguably, mm-hmm. you make that story make more sense with different writer and director on board than than. You know. I, did I did I say in the that in the Nurse Suspiria episode that I like Luca's movie more because I do. I I do too. I think it's more, <laughs> it's more of a competent movie than Suspiria. Yeah, yeah, and it it needles me more. Yeah, that death that contorted death scene like lives rent free in my head yeah especially like her pissing herself like oh, there's just like disgusting but it's just way. oh it's so disturbing but yeah anyway. yeah that's where i'm gonna rock with a 7.5 cool uh i'll go with an eight I, I do think this movie's good i think there's like if you're looking at as the sum of its parts it maybe doesn't always add up but i think individual moments and ideas and things are just so unique and cool like that mm-hmm. death scene with jane it's just so well done and like the, uh, the geyser the yeah. geyser that comes off of that arm it's so good it's it's a great shot and this the 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 
stark whiteness of the uh, uh, of the surroundings and everything. Like it's mm. it's really well put together and so expertly shot. Yeah. So yeah, I'll give this an eight. I think it's it's pr- like I would say top three Argento movies for me are yeah, Tenabre, Deep Red, and Suspiria probably it for me. Uh, we've already talked about Suspiria, so go and listen to that episode. But yeah, Tenabre uh, is up there for sure. Uh, cool. And uh, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on uh, X and and uh, Threads and Instagram and Letterboxd. Probably, I think I have a TikTok account that's under that too. Uh, I've never posted anything though. Um, and at the Steve Dead, um, my website stevestebbing.ca, and I'm on the shift every Thursday at 11 p.m. Pacific with Shane Hewitt. Uh, that one's across Canada on your Chorus Radio Network, wherever that's uh, close to you uh, in Canada. And I'm also on After the Credits with Marina, Bill, and Melissa, uh, and that one's monthly. Um, yeah, I'm over at 3AngryNerds.com, where <laughs> as long as there's uh, still the strike, it's going to be harder to find stuff to review, but I'm trying. I was like, I got Gran Turismo this week, and I'm like, finally something. Um, <laughs> actually, you can find out my review of both Blue Beetle and Strays. Uh, one of those is the steaming pile of shit, and uh, the other is the newest DC movie, so... Uh, <laughs> Go, go check out my reviews for those. Uh, I'm also on Letterbox, Fatal Koala. Go check me out there. And, uh, yeah. I'm also sometimes on uh, The Drive with Ted Henley every so often. And I'm also on uh, The Mike Smith Show on CKNW. So if you're in those areas, go check those out as well. And, yeah. Uh, and you can also check out Taylor too. She's not here, but go check out Taylor. She's over at uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, Sociamic. Yeah. With that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now.